You are listening to a message from Covenant Christian Center, New York City, with Pastor Bayou Isan. Be blessed as you listen. Father, we give you thanks for the gathering of your people. We ask that as we go into your word today, that you open our eyes to behold wondrous things from your word. Open our eyes to see that which is written concerning us in the volume of your book. Father, teach us by your spirit. Open our ears to receive your instructions, to receive your corrections, to receive your reproof, to receive instructions in righteousness so that we may be equipped, mighty God, fully prepared for the work that you have called us to do. Mighty God, we ask that you teach us by your spirit, for he is the anointing on the inside of us, uh, guiding us into the knowledge of your truth. Father, we pray that your word uh, brings forth fruit in our lives, uh, even as it comes forth in the mighty name of Jesus. Anoint me, O God, uh, to speak your word, not in enticing words of man's wisdom, uh, but in the demonstration uh, of your spirit. uh, and your power in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So this morning I'm going to be sharing on what I titled, What Time Is It? And this continues in the theme of spiritual warfare that we have have been teaching for the last few weeks. What time is it? Or what season are we in? The Bible says that we are in the last days. It says, in the last days, perilous times will come because people will be what? Lovers of themselves instead of being lovers of God. The Bible says that people will be disobedient to parents. They will be unthankful. People will be given to sensual lust. It says, because of all these things, perilous times or times of stress will come. Jesus said that when I depart, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Be encouraged because I have overcome the world. Amen. It says, be guaranteed of this truth. I have overcome. And because Jesus has overcome, we have overcome with him. Amen. So we need to understand the days that we're in. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 that there is a time for every purpose under heaven. Amen. There is a time and a season for every matter under heaven. That as long as we are under heaven, as long as we are upon the earth, there is a time and there is a season for every purpose. Which means understanding the time I'm in will lead me to understand the purpose for which I'm in. Amen. Understanding the timing of God will cause us to understand his purpose or what we are supposed to do. Praise the Lord. First Chronicles chapter 12 verse 32 talks about a tribe in Israel described as the sons of Issachar. Amen. It was one of the 12 sons of Jacob. And the Bible says that the sons of Issachar had understanding of the times 
to know what Israel ought to do. That is because they had an understanding of the times. They understood Israel's purpose for that time. They understood what Israel was supposed to do. I believe somewhere else in Ecclesiastes, that when people don't understand the time or the judgment in which they are in, they will be taken captive by an evil time. It is so important to understand the time you are in. In the natural, during the winter time or the winter season, you don't come out in summer clothes. Amen. If you saw someone in the, de- in the middle of winter come out in shorts and a sleeveless, or just a sleeveless shirt, you would wonder what is wrong with that person. Amen. There is a way that we dress or attire ourselves in the middle when the temperature is minus 30 degrees. You don't come out wearing shorts. What will happen? You will catch a cold. You will get pneumonia. You will fall sick. You haven't understood what you ought to do in that time in order to survive or persevere in that season. Just like in summertime, you don't come wearing heavy coats. If you walk on the streets, you know you will get more than a second glance. So it is in the realm of the spirit. We need to understand the times that we are in so that we know what we ought to do. Amen. Now, what I'm going to be sharing is to explain to us from the scriptures the time that we are in. So that we know how we need to engage ourselves in this time. Hebrews chapter 9 from verse 7 says, But into the second part, it's talking about Jesus and what he had done and how he had offered himself as a sacrifice. And now as a high priest, he was coming before God into the temple in heaven. And the Bible says, into the second part. In Israel that time, the temple had the outer court, it had the inner court, and it had the holiest of all. The holiest of all was the second part. It was the part that was beyond the veil. Only the high priest could enter the holiest of all. Amen. And within the holiest of all was the ark of the covenant. In the holiest of all was Aaron's rod that budded, talking about authority. In the holiest of all were the tablets of the law, talking about God's instruction. The ark of the tabernacle represented the presence and the glory of God. And it was only the high priest that could go in there. Amen. Any, and there was only one time in the year that he could go in. If he went in there at the wrong time or improperly, he would die. In those days, what they would do was that they would tie a rope to the legs of the priest. And as he went into the holiest of all, if they had, and on that rope there were bells, if they had the clinging of the bells, they knew he was still alive. And if it stopped, they knew he was dead. And they would drag him out of the holiest of all. And so, Jesus did the same thing. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 7, into the second part, the high priest went alone once a year, not without blood, which, is, which he offered for himself and the people's sins committed in ignorance. It says the Holy, the Holy Spirit 
indicating this, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was still standing. It was symbolic for the present time in which both gifts and sacrifices are offered which cannot make him who performed the service perfect in regard to the conscience. It was concerned only with foods and drinks and various washings and fleshly ordinances imposed until the time of reformation. What was what's the scripture saying there? That the old covenant with the old temple, with the high priest going in, all that was taking place, the offering of bulls and sheep and sacrifices, all that was taking place until the time of reformation, until the time when we would no longer have to, in terms of worship unto God, begin to offer up sacrifices of bulls and sheep and goats. Jesus Christ came and became that sacrifice. Amen. That is, from the minute he offered himself as a sacrifice unto God, what began was a time of reformation. What does that word reformation mean? It means to set things right. It means it is an orthopedic term which means to snap a broken bone back into place. Amen. If you have a fracture, the orthopedic surgeon, in order so that you can walk properly, will have to snap that bone back into place. And sometimes it's painful when they snap it back into place. Or if your shoulder gets dislocated, they will have to snap it back into place. Amen. So the scripture is saying that everything that existed from Moses and all the different prophets and all the priests that came before Jesus, it was that is all that happened because the Holy Spirit was demonstrating that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while the temple first stood. Jesus said that, look, I will tear down this temple and I will raise it again in three days. Talking about his body. The Bible tells us that when Jesus died, that the veil that was in the temple was rent into two. Amen. At the time of his death. And what was that indicating? That the way into the holiest of all was now made manifest or opened to everyone. It wasn't just the high priest. Everyone that sought and hungered for God could come before the throne of grace by the blood of Jesus to obtain mercy and to find grace to help us in our times of need. It was a time of reformation where everything that is going wrong, everything that is broken in your life can be set back into place. Amen. And so we'll see what Jesus did. In Hebrews chapter 10 verse 11, the Bible says, And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices. This was the old order. Jesus brought about a new order, a new pattern for us to follow. It says, In the past, every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices. And the only people that could become priests were people that were in the tribe of Levi. Nobody else could become a priest. 
But Jesus changed that order. Jesus did not come from the tribe of Levi. Jesus came from the tribe of Judah. Amen. Judah means praise. That is, Jesus came from the tribe, the people that are given to the praise of God. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And so he's setting a new order around. Judah, the Bible says, was given the scepter, was given the kingdom, was given leadership. Says, my scepter shall not depart from Judah. That is the new order that Jesus Christ has set. A time of reformation which we need to understand if we are going to set things back into place. That is where there is disorder. This time of reformation, we set things back into order. Where there is corruption, you set righteousness to begin to prevail. Where there is injustice, you begin to establish the justice of God. The Bible says, I'll read again, and every piece stands ministering how? Daily, we need to minister unto God if we are going to function as priests. They minister daily, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. That is, he said he couldn't make them perfect with regards to their conscience. There is only one blood that can do that. The only blood, the only sacrifice that takes away sins is the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. says he is the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. The Bible says the blood of Jesus is the one that will purge your conscience of dead works and the reason for that is so that you can begin to serve the living God. The reason why the blood of Jesus cleanses you and purges you of dead works and dead thoughts and dead desires is so that you can begin to serve the living God. That is, you are redeemed by the blood of Jesus so that you can serve the Most High God. As God said to Pharaoh, let my people go so that they can do what? Serve me. That is our redemption is we were redeemed, called out of the world to serve the Lord, the Most High God. Amen. That's the purpose of our redemption, to serve the Most High God. He says, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God from that time. Amen. From the minute he sat down at the right hand of God, the Bible says, from that time, that this is the time we're in. Amen. Says, from that time, waiting. What is he waiting for? What is Jesus waiting for? Says, from that time, waiting till his enemies are made his what? Footstool. Amen. Says, from the minute he offered himself as a sacrifice and offered his blood and dealt with sin once and for all, the next thing Father said, sit at my right hand. And he said, as the Jesus sat at his right hand, from that time he is waiting for one thing, for all his enemies to become his footstool. Praise the Lord. For all his enemies to become his footstool. We see that in Psalm 110. It says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. That is everything that is contrary to your will, everything that is contrary to your purpose, everything that is in disorder, disarray, I will make your footstool. 
said, sit until I, the heavenly father, makes all these things your footstool. First Corinthians 15 says that the last thing that will be destroyed will be death. It says sit, and the Bible lets us understand in Ephesians that we are seated where? Together with Christ in the heavenly places. As God the Father is saying it unto Jesus, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. The same thing applies unto us as the body of Christ. God is saying the same thing. Sit at my right hand. To sit is the position of what? Rest. Sit, he says, rest until I, the Father, make all your enemies your footstool. That is everything that comes against you. Every opposition, every challenge, God is saying, I will make it your footstool. That is, don't begin to be anxious and be fearful. Because I, the Most High God, will make every opposition your footstool. Every enemy, every challenge, every opposition your footstool. What did that widow say to, to, the, to the righteous judge? Avenge me of my adversary. The Bible says God himself, the righteous judge, will avenge his elect speedily. It says, but will he find you persistent in faith? Will he find you crying out day and night asking him, avenge me of my adversary. Jesus, as he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, the Bible says, he ever liveth to do what? Make intercession. Amen. Saying, my blood has paid for this. Avenge them of the adversary. My blood has redeemed them from sickness. Avenge them of the adversary. My blood has redeemed them from poverty. Let your abundance be their portion. Let your abundance be their experience. Let doors open unto them. Doors that men have shut, God open that no man can close. That is, there is nothing that is too hard for God to do. Praise the Lord. There is no door that God cannot open. There is no sickness that God cannot heal. There is no need that God cannot supply. But like I shared last week, there is an adversary. And we need to call upon the Lord of hosts to avenge us of our adversary. That was God's mandate unto Christ. Sit until I make your enemies your footstool. That is, this is a time of reformation. To set things back in order. Everywhere that there is disorder and chaos, God, the righteous judge, will set it back in order. Because he will cause every enemy to be subdued under your feet. If you walk in a particular place and there is disorder, it's not for you to begin to murmur and complain, but to rejoice because you know this is a time for reformation. That God will set this place, whatever is broken in this place, whatever is broken in any relationship, the Bible says God will set it in order if you call upon him as the righteous judge. Let's look at that. Psalm 110. From verse 1, it says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. And this scripture just in the recent past has the truth of it has been more, I've been more conscious of it. That the Father is telling Jesus, Sit, that what I am doing now, you've done your part. It's now time for me to do mine. To make every adversary your footstool. Amen. To make every challenge your footstool. To make every mountain 
your footstool. Says the Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. Says the Lord shall send the rod of your strength, or he shall extend the rod or the authority of your strength out of Zion. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Amen. That is a mandate. That is, you are going to rule in the midst of your enemies. Psalm 23 says, I have prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Do not be intimidated. You will rule in their midst because God will crush the enemy under your feet. Verse 3 says, your people shall be willing. That's what it says in the KJV. In the day of your power. What is that day of power? When the Father arises and crushes the enemy under our feet. Says the people, another translation says the people shall be what? Volunteers in the day of your power. In the beauties of holiness, from the womb of the morning, you have the dew of your youth. And I looked up, willing, volunteers. It says, they will offer themselves as free will offerings. That's one interpretation. He says, they will offer themselves as dedicated warriors to support you on the battlefield. Amen. says, they will offer themselves as dedicated warriors to join you in the battlefield. And that is the role of the church, to join the Most High God in the battlefield. Romans 12 verse 1 says, we should offer ourselves what? A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. That living sacrifice is we are offering ourselves as dedicated warriors, engaging, participating, partnering with the most, the Lord of hosts in the battlefield. Israel did not enter the promised land without fighting for it, even though God had given it to them. So it is with the promises of God. We just don't inherit the premises of God like that. Amen. You must fight. And we are fighting because the Lord is the one fighting the battle. The Lord is the one. The Bible says the battle is the Lord's. The victory is the Lord. The battle is the, he is the Lord of the battle. He is the mighty man of war. I, by chance, as I was preparing for this message, saw when the Bible says Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. You see that in Isaiah 9 verse 6. That word prince comes from two Hebrew words. The, the word prince in Hebrew is sar, S-A-R, and it's formed from two Hebrew roots. The first one means to wrestle and to fight. And the second one means to govern as royalty. So the combination of those two Hebrew roots to form that word prince means warring prince. Jesus, as the Prince of Peace, is a warring prince. Amen. The Bible says, I believe it's in Thessalonians, it says that the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. Amen. That is, if reformation is going to take place, we need to deal with the one that is creating chaos. Amen. We need to deal with the one that is creating disorder. There is a scripture in Isaiah that says, when your judgments or when the Lord's justice is upon the earth, then the inhabitants of the world shall learn righteousness. If there is no justice being executed, 
people cannot practice righteousness. That is, if you try to practice what is right, you will become a victim because the system is an unjust one. Just think about it. If you operated in a society or in a country where corruption is the way things happen, and then you now try to do what, you know, you, you won't go anywhere. That is, you'll be promoted. They'll be promoting people over you. Why? Because there's a corrupt system in place. Do you understand what I'm saying? That is, they will tell you, or if you're a businessman, and you're bringing your goods through the ports, and they tell you, unless you drive, your goods are going to sit there forever. And then you begin to say, no, no, that is wrong. That is not what the law says. They will laugh at you and say, sit here forever. You really, you are not, you are going to go over. And those goods will sit there until you are ready to do that which is unjust. And so we all know that kind of system. That way. <laughs> Where corruption is the way things take place. And the person that is trying to practice what is right becomes a victim because he is not participating in the way things are wrong. Thank you for listening to this message from Covenant Christian Center NYC. Join us every Sunday, 10 a.m. in the Royal Theater at the Producers Club, 358 West 44th Street, New York. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Covenant Christian Center NYC. Stay blessed in the mighty name of Jesus Christ.